Y'all, we live in difficult times. There's war, political unrest, the pandemic, poverty, families being torn, communities ripped by gun violence and people dying every day. Police, injustice, it's all bringing so much pain. But y'all, we can look inside our minds and we can understand who we are, become better, and do this thing like we've never done it before. But it all starts with our mental health and I know we can do it. I believe in you because I believe in me and I believe in us. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Therapy Is Life, where thinking, feeling, and experiencing well-being is what we do. Today, we're going to talk about the Black church and mental health. That's right, the Black church and mental health. You know, guys, we're going into Black History Month or African American History Month. We want to celebrate what we've done. Today, I have with me two wonderful young men. That's right, I have... Mr. A Anthony Miller of the Mentoring Mind Group, LLC. He's been a mentor of mine and, and a, a counselor friend for a long time. In fact, I think I've known Tony for about uh, 12 or 13 years. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. I also have all the way from North Carolina, throw your shirt off, <laughs> Dr. Bobby Armstrong. And guess what? I guess I've been knowing you brothers since we were kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a very long time. It's been a very long time. Very long time. Yeah, yeah. So, brothers, we're here today. We're going to talk about the Black church and mental health. And let me start by saying this. Mental health conditions do not discriminate based on race, ethnic background, color, gender identity. No, it doesn't. In fact, about one in five Americans experience some mental health in their lifetime. Of course, when we look at African-Americans particularly, we're about half as likely, about half as likely to see a mental health provider mm -hmm. as Caucasian Americans. However, with that being said, this is the kicker, y'all. We are more likely to experience things that would put us in the position to need counseling services. Think about it. Slavery, sharecropping, Jim Crow, the civil rights era, low socioeconomic status. All these things have put us in a, in a, in a more difficult space for us to live in. Today, we want to talk about the relationship between these factors, the church, and mental health. So, brothers, are y'all ready to engage in this discussion? Yeah, let's get into it. Let's go. So, I, I'm curious, guys. What are your thoughts on the early church? I'm talking about way back then. Um, and how it may have helped slaves and African Americans deal with mental health challenges um who wants to go first i'll go first okay so the early church which we weren't necessarily a part of but we we uh, are outgrowth from it 
the fact that slavery was so real, it was, you know, you could not escape it. It was very present, ever present. It served as a escape. It served to bring the people closer together, actually maybe closer to God in a sense. So it served to me in my mind as a way of escape from the harsh realities of the times that was going on. And the church was everything. You would go there, you could dress up. You know, you couldn't dress up during the week because you had to wear somebody else's clothes that was handed down to you. But you could dress up, you could be free relatively. It was a place to get some level of relief. And I believe it was a very vital institution at that time. And we clung to it and it served us well. And it helped us in many cases get by without going insane. Yeah, I concur with uh, everything Brother Miller just said. Um, you know, we have to look at it that, you know, in slavery, the church was really our social setting. Um, it was our way of coming together. It was our way of expressing how we felt about what was going on through the day. Um, uh, the church became the outlet of expression. Whereas there were certain things you couldn't say out there in the cotton fields and the tobacco fields or working the farm, you could come into this little church setting and now express it to one another. Mm. And there were even codes that they used back there to express how they feel. This is one of the reasons uh, the drum was banned because they picked up on, okay, they're doing code through the drum. So something's going on with that instrument over there. And they banned that during some of the church services. Um, the church itself was a way to just relieve the mental anguish. Mm. Uh, that they were going through. Mm. And I think that carried on through generations, even down to today. Mm. So, and what I'm hearing you guys say, I think I would say it provided an escape, mm -hmm. it provided hope, mm -hmm. and it allowed us to, uh, to imagine a life outside of the bondage of slavery. Mm -hmm. um, it, it inspired our music, Go down Absolutely. Moses to Egypt land, swing low, sweet chariot. These songs, these spirituals that we 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 defined as a part of us, a part of our culture, and a symbol of or a message of our escape, physically and spiritually away from slavery. You know, you 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 also have to look at uh, uh, brother Gerald this aspect as well. We had yeah. to reframe what we were taught. We had to restructure in slavery what they were taught as you know i was a professor of theology for years um you know when the white slave master was the pastor as well you know when he's read to them the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he was teaching them that i the slave master i am your shepherd yes sir but then you know the spirituality of it kicked in and they were like well you know that ain't really talking about him because he's the one putting us through all of this anguish and harshness. So he's more like the Pharaoh than the shepherd. 
And then I think that's when that real spirituality kind of kicked in once some restructuring and reframing was done. They saw through, no, you ain't the shepherd we want, bro. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. That that's a good that's a good point. So in, in saying that, you do you think so in I, I believe in 1772 the uh, first African American church was established in Savannah, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And then in the early 1800s, Robert Allen started the African Episcopal Methodist Episcopal Church. Mm -hmm. And so that evolved. Now we have the age of reconstruction and the age where black people, as W.D. Du Bois would say, in the soul of black folks, we thought getting becoming free was enough. But then we realized we had to not only be free, but we had to we had to vote and we had to go to school in order to truly be free. And do you think the church played a significant role in motivating people towards those endeavors, voting and going to school and becoming more educated? In some aspects, yes, and in some aspects, no. It depends okay. on where you went to church. <laughs> Just being honest, uh, there were some church fractions, uh, factions, I should say, that didn't believe in their members going to get a higher education because they they said you would become an educated fool. Gotcha. All right, mm -hmm. and then there were other factions that say, like, yeah. We're going to send you to school. We're going to send you to seminary. We're going to send you to college. Get all the education you can. Uh, and it was more politically moved, uh, especially your Southern Baptists, um, your AME Zion, uh, very politically motivated uh, to get these young black people and even some of our older ones educated enough so that they could have the knowledge to go out there and know that a poll tax is wrong. There is no such thing as a poll tax. Gotcha. I understand. So, and, and moving forward and looking at this uh, a little farther, how does the church play a role in esteeming, particularly esteeming uh, African-Americans by giving them roles and um, uh, giving them, um, providing an environment for social engagement and other types of experience experiences? How do you think that helps in building the self-esteem of African-Americans in the early 1900s? Well, if the general society is constantly telling you you're not special, you're not unique, there's nothing about you that is a value, the value has to come from somewhere else. And sometimes the parents may not have to, to really tell to their children or mm -hmm. to tell to one another. So somebody in the church that's wiser, that's receiving counsel from God, just like uh, Brother Bobby said, the the church is is was so crucial in in elevating the self esteem of its members. Like if you didn't think you were that much, and then the church gave you an opportunity to be a deacon or to be a usher, doorkeeper, whatever the role was, or even learn finances, because because you know we give our tithes and offerings, so you pay your tithes and offerings. Somebody got to collect the money. Somebody got to know what to do with the money. So given the roles, even though they may not have been, you know, super gigantic roles, you have a role. So when you have purpose. a role. Yeah. When you have a purpose. Yes. When you have purpose, you that's usually what a lot of people need. If I get a purpose, 
mm-hmm. I am somebody mm-hmm. and I, I, I become more of a productive member of society and I feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. Right, right. A sense right. of belonging. Mm-hmm. A sense mm-hmm. of responsibility outside of taking care of their stuff. You know, we're yes. taking care of our stuff. This is our stuff in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, my grandfather was a, a sharecropper, mm-hmm. you know, and my um, grandmother was a domestic worker, you know, and going to church for them was an opportunity for them to feel in a sense, dignified and mm-hmm. feel like they had a greater value than just being and doing what their um, employees wanted them to do. They, mm-hmm. they, it made them feel good. Like their life had value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, so when they was that usher, they was that deacon or they was the pastor or they was that queen mm-hmm. or we might even say great soldier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it gave them pride and dignity and they, and they and, and, and they felt a sense of community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll, I'll never forget uh, when I became a young preacher. Um, you know how we do. Yeah. You know, one go and then the next one come up and they do their thing. Um, I went behind one of the elder, elderly preachers, mm-hmm. and I looked down at the roster, and the Bible was upside down. Mm. But he had read a scripture. He didn't read the scripture. He memorized what he heard because he could not read. Right. Needless to say, he told the church up. And here I come, little young fella. I couldn't follow behind that. But I was like, the Bible is upside down. So all these years, you thought that this man dressed up in a suit was this educated man. It was his sense of belonging and dedication to the church. And I think that's where a lot of our ancestors uh, felt their importance in society was in the church. Gotcha. Gotcha. So we see that the church has done a lot to esteem us, to mm-hmm. give us a sense of hope and belonging. Mm-hmm. But we know that the, the that mental health issues have continued to be challenges amongst African-Americans. So there's these three questions I, I, I want to ask you guys about that I, I believe may be influencing our engagement with mental health services. Number one, what do you think? Are we afraid or we have um, concerns with medical doctors and institutions? Yes, and why you think that? Oh, we, we have a reason to have concern. <laughs> if I go back to, uh, was it 1972? This Tuskegee experiment. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's one clear example. Uh, the lady, Sarah Bartman. Yep. Mm-hmm. They took ourselves. Yeah. I mean, the list goes on. I just can't think of all of them, but the list goes on and on. So we, we have a reason to be concerned. Yeah. And for whatever reason, if we're considered three-fifths human, they're not going to treat us. They're not going to give us any remedy in our minds. No, you, you're just here to serve. You're just here to work. And mm-hmm. when you die, we're going to replace you with your, we're going to replace yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a major distrust in the black community uh, with the medical community. Uh, Cause uh, if you want to go all the way back to the slavery days, remember now we were the Guinea pigs. Exactly for a lot of medical experience, the syphilis experiment. 
started on black people. Exactly. Right. Uh, a lot of your psychiatric uh, experiments started on black people. So there is a level of distrust that society, the black society has. And therefore, that's why I think they go more to the pastor. Because mm. they're trusting. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Let me ask you another question. Uh, ask you another question. What about this feeling, this attitude, we have to keep everything in our home? Yeah. We'll talk about our business to nobody. I mean, that's 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 one that's again one of those generational curses of the African American community. You know, keep it all in inside. Don't let nothing out. You know, look, I've I've been where families say, you know, you know, that person over there is, is a little something wrong with them. You know, but they okay though. Gotcha. Just just don't say too much to them. Gotcha. Exactly. It's just something that they keep in home. You see. Exactly. We're gonna we're gonna keep it at home. We're not yeah. really gonna deal with it. Even at no, home, we're not, not really gonna deal. talk about it. No. We're gonna be hush hush. Don't talk about it. There's an adaptation that happens in the home, right? So that parent, that grandparent, that aunt, that uncle, they kind of adapt around that behavior uh of that person. Now they may be all just autistic and may need, you know, a little mental health service, but they never went and got them tested for autism right and it so could be adapt. yeah they adapt or we could have something like um you know sexual abuse yeah and, and we just and you keep it at home we keep it and at home we don't talk about it. And don't in talk. fact we might go a little farther with that but we yeah could be a show because yeah. in many families some of that stuff was considered to be functional and okay yeah. at, at one yeah. point in time yeah absolutely you're so not gonna talk about it though yeah yeah you but, keep it in your house yeah. So the last thing I, I'll say on this, there is the perception that if we reach out to mental health providers or services that we are in somehow, uh, it means that we're crazy. Thoughts on that? Brother Miller, go ahead, sir. Yeah, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, because you should be able to, especially if you go to church, right? Right. If you go to church, you, you shouting, you worshiping, you praising, but something is bothering you during the week. You're feeling a little overwhelmed. It's hard for you to get out of bed. It's hard to focus and concentrate. You know something is bothering you, but because you've been shouting and you got witnesses, right? And you've been praising and you've been worshiping and shaking people's hands coming out the church door. That's all you need. What? You that's all you need? You don't need no man or no woman pastor, I mean, uh, outside the church to really help you. All you need is Jesus. You need to pray a little bit more. <laughs> Jesus. So, so you, that you, means you need to fast too. You, you, you ain't been fasting. You've been in your word. You need to fast and pray, right? You need to fast and pray. So you fast. don't have, you don't have enough faith. If it ain't working right, you don't have enough faith. If things ain't going right, I haven't had enough faith. And so now I feel bad. Look, guys, thank you. We're going to continue this discussion in our next episode where we will focus more on the modern church. We have a scenario where we kind of talk through some of the things that what we might be facing in these times in the church. Stay tuned for the next episode.